families, we make money, we, we just go, 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 and we live life. Uh, and a lot of that, you know, we're supposed to. And sometimes we just get on that train and we think that, uh, well, we have our problems, but if I just keep going fast enough, my problems will go away. Uh, but sometimes, how many of you know that sometimes those difficulties, those problems, those emotions catch up to you and you got to do something with them, right? And so sometimes we just, we're forced, the, the Spirit of God forces us to stop for a moment and look at how human we are and to take our struggles to the one who made us the offer to bring our struggles to him. This is, well, this is a scripture, and I don't have this on screen, it just came to me just now, but it's a promise in the Word of God that says this. It says, cast all your care on me because I care for you. Cast all of your care your stress, your anxiety, your problems, your worries, your temptations, your failures. Take all of your care, everything you, you can imagine. It's different, looks different for everybody because everybody walks in different areas of life. But if you can imagine what your cares are, what is it that worries you, frets you the most? What is it that makes your life miserable at times? That's your care. That's your burden. And Jesus said, I want you to learn how to cast that on me because I care for you. I don't want you uh, to go through life like that. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want you to be able to enjoy the life that I've given you, even though we've got the struggles. I want you, you, imagine, you can imagine it something like this, I guess just for an illustration. If you, if you had a backpack on and you know, it had a couple rocks in it, you, you, before, you, before you put on the backpack, you stuck a couple rocks in there, big old rocks. And you think, well... Here's, here's my rock. Here, that rock may represent, you know, your job. I don't know how I'm going to get this account or I don't know how I'm going to get this done. And you, you put that rock in there. You grab another rock and you say, oh, my kids, you know, I don't know what they've got going there. They got this going on. They've got problems. You put that in. So you just take your, your, your burdens, if you will, that represents rocks and you put them in this backpack and you head out towards your day. And, and if you're not careful, see what, what we do a lot of times is we leave, we leave the zipper open on that backpack and then we come across people in our, in our walk of life, people in our day, that they want to take and they want to put their rocks in there too, right? Uh, you know, maybe they want to suggest, you know, you're not, you're not all you should be or you're not living up to society. You're not matching up and you're not making as much money as everybody else or this or that or something. I mean, all of these things and people just want to keep putting uh, rocks in your backpack, and, and some people, you're not careful, especially some people, you'll look over and they'll be taking rocks out of their backpack and putting them in yours, right? It's like, I want you to carry my, my load for me. Well, you know, we are all supposed to be here for one another, but none of us are equipped to carry the load of everybody else, right? Jesus said, that's what I'm here to do. Jesus said, cast all your care on me because I care for you. So it would be like taking that backpack full of heavy rocks. Yeah, by the end of the day, that's kind of all you can think about, right? By the end of the day, your back hurts, your leg hurts, and, and it's pretty much sucked the joy out of that day because all you've done is carry around this heavy load. And so you can imagine how good it feels then would, to take that for, for Jesus, for somebody to come along that's stronger than you, somebody that comes along that is able to carry that backpack and, take and say, let me, let me have that. And they take the backpack on their back and carry it for you so that you can be free. And that's literally what Jesus is suggesting by saying, cast all your cares on me because I care for you. Jesus is stronger than we are. He's equipped to handle what we cannot uh, uh, um, uh, handle. And so it's a learning process. I'll give you that. Because I, I, I look out today and I said, many of you, I'm sure carrying that, that heavy load, anything, I'd love to give that to Jesus. I, don't find, I just don't find it. I don't find how to do it. And I've been there. You know, so I look at, I want to talk about the struggles 
that we go through as Christians because we all have them. And we, we have it in our mind, even though I don't think anybody has ever told us this, but I think we have it in our mind that if we let people see the, our struggles, that we're viewed as weak. If we, if we let people see our struggle, we'll look weak or we'll look weird. They'll think something is wrong with us. And so we most typically will put on the mask and we'll paint on the smile and we'll, we'll just carry our backpack and we'll try to hide it the best we can, right? And that's not what Jesus wants us to do, amen? I think it's okay for us as Christians, it's okay for us sometimes not to be okay. It's okay for us to realize that sometimes as Christians we struggle. And again, everybody struggles. I struggle at times, I do. We all do. Sometimes we struggle with discouragement. Maybe we struggle with temptation. Maybe we struggle with doubt. Maybe we struggle with, uh, you know, people's opinions. I mean, all of these things, sometimes we struggle. What is a struggle? It's when you want to go this way and something else wants you to go that way. You've, you've, you've seen, you've, played, you've all played tug of war, right? Tug of war is a struggle. You've got one team on this side pulling, wanting the rope to go like this. And you got a team on this side pulling the rope, wanting it to go like this. And every one of us are in a spiritual struggle, a spiritual tug of war in which the principalities and the powers and the, of darkness, the rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places, the Bible says, uh, uh, please don't underestimate the power of hell that is going to come against you as a Christian. We have the power of hell that is constantly pulling us this way, but we got, we got the hand of God that is pulling us this way, Okay. And so, you know, we get to where, a lot, I know for me, a lot of times, I want to get up there and want to help God pull the rope, <laughs> you know? Uh, you know, typically, if I remember correctly, in a, in a tug of war, uh, you've, you've got this side and this side, but there's typically like a knot in the middle, right? They tie a knot in the middle of the rope, and they're pulling, the, the knot is kind of, you know, determines, we're pulling the knot this way, we're pulling the knot that way, so the knot doesn't pull, it's just a knot. And so, I find myself, you know, typically, I'm the knot head. Right? I'm a knothead. I mean, if you're, I mean knothead, knotheads out there with me. Uh, so we're not, the knot has no part in pulling on the rope. That's, that's the team. And so uh, Jesus saying to us, I want you to learn how to let me fight your battles for you. Amen? And uh, it becomes exhausting. This, uh, this war, this battle that we're in becomes exhausting. So my, I guess my hope, my prayer for this message today, uh, first of all, is that you won't just look at it as a sermon. Maybe it'll be somewhat of a lifeline for you. Uh, and maybe you can just let yourself be a little vulnerable today. Um, maybe you can just help yourself to admit, I'm struggling. And maybe you can help, uh, maybe it'll help you admit to a brother and sister in Christ, I'm struggling. You don't have to tell you don't have to tell what your struggles are all the time. Sometimes it helps, sometimes it don't. Uh, but above all, we just bring our struggle. We get vulnerable uh, before God because whenever there, there comes a time when we can acknowledge our struggles and we lay those struggles, down, we lay that backpack down at the feet of God where the tears can flow. And we do everything we can to fight back tears and fight back emotions. Uh, in reality, God's saying, I'm really kind of trying to chip away at that hard exterior because uh, once I get chipped away at that hard heart, then I can really start bringing healing. Amen. And everybody, hear me, everybody in this room needs healing in some form or fashion. Even if for the most part, your life's pretty good. I'm not just talking about physical healing. Some of you need a physical healing, but some of you may need an emotional healing. You've been through something that's so traumatizing or maybe just the drudge of life. I mean, I, I, there's so many scenarios. I know I can't hit them all, but to know today that uh, everybody here 
needs healing in some form or fashion. And I believe that God can give that to you. Amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> Maybe doing a little bit of healing already. Amen? See, there's no real protocol on all of this. Sometimes you just kind of have to let a room full of humans be a room full of humans. Right? Let God do his thing. So if you got it there, Matthew chapter 26. I want to start reading in verse 29. Now, this is right after uh, Jesus grabs his disciples together in what we call the Last Supper, which they're taking communion. And, and Jesus is preparing them uh, for what is about to happen. He's preparing them for the cross. Um, this is what he says in verse 29. But I say to you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. In other words, he's basically saying to them, everything is about to change. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Then saith Jesus unto them, all you shall be offended. I want, we're going to see several struggles in this one account. All you, how many of them? These are speaking to his disciples. How many of them were going to be offended? Every disciple, every follower of Jesus Christ. And so that's everybody in this room has struggles. Everybody in this room needs a healing. Jesus said unto them, all you should be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, or the, yeah, the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, though all men shall be offended because of these, because of thee, yet I will never be offended. Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto you that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice or three times. Peter, Peter Peter said unto him, though I should deny, show, excuse me, though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. So we see the, we see the struggle here in Jesus trying to get the message across to the disciples that this needs to take place. And Peter is struggling with the idea of his leader being taken away. Peter's struggling with the idea that Jesus is going to be gone and him and the other disciples are going to be the ones that have to be the leader. He's struggling with this. They're still trying to figure this out. We, Jesus, we believe you to be the son of God. How can you be crucified? How can un, ungodly and wicked men come and take you and crucify? He's struggling with the concept because how many of you know the, the things of God just don't always make sense to the human mind? And he's, tr he's struggling to make sense of it. And, and, and many today, maybe in this room, going through something, you, and you're, you're struggling to make sense of what you're going through. And there may be a time where, where God will help you to make sense of it, and there may be a time where he doesn't want it to make sense to you because he's got something else in mind. But as a human, we struggle with trying to make sense, and Peter is, is doing that in this instance. He said, I'm not going to deny you, Jesus. I'm going I'm to follow you all the way to the end, even if I die. Here's what Jesus knew. Jesus knew that Peter was going to de deny him. Jesus is saying, basically, look, look, there's no struggle here. I know that you're going to fail me. If your struggle today is with failure, and we find later on with Peter that he did struggle with that. When Jesus has been carted away by soldiers, I mean, soldiers come with swords and spears and shields and, uh, and torches and this angry mob and haul Jesus away angrily. Now, Jesus, now Peter is struggling with, do I associate with Jesus now or don't I? I mean, do I bail ship? Because I don't really want them to come haul me off with swords and spears. And so, so whenever somebody comes to Peter and says, weren't you with Jesus? 
Peter finds himself instantly in the middle of a struggle he never thought he would ever be in. He had made a bold declaration to Jesus right here. I will never deny you. I believe he meant it. I, be, I mean, he believed in Jesus and he believed in G, who Jesus said he was. And so I don't believe he was just blowing smoke. I, I think he really in that moment thought I will never deny Jesus. But yet in the moment, in the heat of the moment, when the battle came, the temptation was there and there was a fear for his life, he did deny Jesus. Didn't mean he stopped believing. Your, your struggle today may be with, with fear of man or fear of temptation or you do, maybe you find yourself being tempted with something you never thought you would ever do. I mean, whatever the case, and the enemy comes in and says, see there, see there, you're, you don't really believe it. See there, you're not really a child of God. I'm sure Peter felt that way. The Bible says after three times of Peter uh, denying Jesus, he, he, the Bible says he went out and he wept bitterly. His heart broke because he realized he had just denied Christ. He had just lost in the struggle. But Jesus, here's the comfort. Jesus knew he was going to do it. Jesus knew he was going to deny him. Now, it would not be much comfort to us if the conversation would have went something like this. If Jesus would have said to Peter, now Peter, Peter says, Jesus, I'll never deny you. Now, if Jesus would have said to him, you better not. <laughs> right? Jesus would say, thanks straight, you better not deny me. If you do, there'll be consequences. I mean, I've... Peter, I have, you've watched me walk on water. You've watched me heal blind people. You've, healed me, you've watched me break bread and, and feed multitudes. All the stuff you've seen me do, you better not deny me. And if Jesus would have said that, if that's how the conversation would have went, there'd be no hope for any of us in this room. There'd be no hope for me. Because what that would be saying ultimately is, is Jesus saying, look, I expect you to be perfect. I expect you, I, G, Peter, I expect you not to struggle. Fortunately for us as human beings, that's not the way it went down. Jesus said, look, Peter, you're, I know you don't think you will, but you will. You're going to struggle, and you're going to fail me, but then here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to heal you, right? And you're going to find that I'm going to be the one to bring you through the struggle. Because when we battle the enemy, we, we, when you're battling an enemy that you're not equipped to battle, and you win you know it's not you that does the battling, right? We are not equipped to fight the spiritual battles that you and I have to fight every day. That's why we so desperately need Jesus in our life every day. It's why we so desperately need to learn how to go to him every day, every day. My, my problem a lot of times is I wait till the backpack is plumb full before I just collapse at his feet and say, please take this backpack, I can't carry it anymore. What if, what if Dennis learned to just, every time I get a rock, give it to Jesus, right? What if Dennis learned how to live his life with an empty backpack? Let Jesus carry the rocks. And I think, that's, I think that's what God's calling me into. I think that's what God's calling all of his people into. A, a, a daily walk where we learn to cast our care and let him fight the struggle for us. Amen? Jesus goes on a little further here. Then comes verse 36, then come Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and said unto the disciples, sit you here while I go and pray yonder. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, which was James and John. And he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Now what we're going to see here in the next few scriptures is the struggle that Jesus went into. That Jesus, the son of God, creator of the entire universe, 
willingly put himself in a place. We sang it in the song, he is Emmanuel, which means God with us. God in human form, literally. Jesus put himself in a place where he would know what the struggle feels like, okay? So here's Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's, he becomes very sorrowful and very heavy. Then, then said he unto them, Jesus to his disciples that were there with him, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further, and he fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, oh, my father. Now, we read this fast, oh, my father. I mean, he is, he is passionately crying out to God right now. Oh, my Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Three times, Jesus prayed that same thing. You you might say, in a sense, begging God. I don't know if we'd call it begging, but passionately pleading unto God, let this cup pass from me. What was the cup? he was talking about. I mean, when he's saying, let this cup pass from me, what what does he mean? What's he talking about? He's talking about his death. He's talking about his crucifixion. Jesus knows the suffering that he's about to endure for a people that really don't give a rip about him. He's about to die for a world that has completely rejected him. And he is in a place of mental anguish and agony that nobody, nobody could have understood. His disciples, he tried to get them to understand. He tried to get them to pray with him. But, but they were struggling themselves. They were struggling with their, with their flesh. They were getting sleepy. That's what happens at late at night when you're out in the middle. You get, you, you get tired, and so the disciples are trying to pray, but they, they fall asleep. They're struggling, realizing, okay, Jesus is asking me to pray, but I'm, I'm struggling with this. And, he, and Jesus tells his disciples, he said, look, What's going on here is there's this struggle that's going on inside of you. He said, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. That's the struggle. That's the tug of war. Our flesh, our human body, the part that has pain, the part that has sorrow, the part that has uh, desires, the part that we struggle with, our flesh wanting to go one way while our spirit that really does want the will of God in our life pulling us another way. That is a fight that every Christian battles in some form or fashion. The flesh and the spirit. You may not understand it all theologically, but I guarantee everybody in this room understands that struggle I just described. When you know to do right and you want to do right and you find that struggle, Jesus said, look guys, you're battling with this. And so what what needs to take place, it's not a five-step program you can go through to win victory over your struggle. There, there's not, a, there's not a, a, help, a self-help book you can go buy. And I'm not knocking self-help books. I mean, there's some good ones out there. But there's not a, there's, in these situations, there's not a self-help book you can go buy that will, that will help you with this. This is where we learn, to, we, we seek God and our spirit begins to grow. The Holy Spirit begins to gain more access in our life. For me, the greatest struggle comes when I find that the flesh has more access. When Dennis is kind of pulling Dennis's way, that's when my struggles begin. But whenever I begin to yield to God and, and the Holy Spirit begins to have more access, my spirit gets stronger, amen? And I find God winning in that battle. Jesus said, guys, you're struggling here, but now let's look at Jesus to struggle. 
He comes to them. Three times he wakes them up. They keep falling asleep. He keeps waking up. Please pray with me. I'm, I mean, you know, the Bible says, and I don't remember if it's here or in another place, uh, another gospel where it reads it, but it says that, that as Jesus prayed in the garden, he prayed so fervently that his, his sweat was like great drops of blood. I don't know if you've ever experienced this before or not, but I believe this is, I have, and I believe this is what Jesus was enduring in this moment. I believe that he was, I believe that Jesus was in such a place of anguish, mental and emotional anguish, for the fear of what he was about to face, that he cried so hard. I don't know that any, anything came out. Have you ever done that? You're just like, it, it's a, it hurts right here. It, it's like, all, it's all you can do to catch your breath. It's just such a deep, deep, anguishing cry. And literally, in which, in which the blood vessels in his face would have, would have broken. And Jesus anguishing that much and saying, God, please, if there's another way, if this cup can pass from me, let it pass from me. You know what he's saying? I mean, Jesus knew why he was going to the cross. He was going to the cross for us. He was going to the cross so that as soon as Jesus died on that cross, then, he, then the punishment for us, he's basically taking our punishment. Instead of us having to be crucified, instead of us having to be uh, punished by God for our sins, instead of us having to go to hell, Jesus took our punishment for us. If uh, if, if James did something wrong and he's about to get 50 lashes and I say, oh, no, 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 I want to take his punishment for him and they give me the 50 lashes, that's what Jesus did. So he knew what he had to do was to die on the cross so that all of mankind could be forgiven of our sins and that we could be saved from hell. It was the only way, only plan for God to save mankind. And Jesus knew that. But in his weakness, in, his, in this moment, he's saying, God, is there another way? I mean, let's talk about this for a little bit. Can we find another way to redeem all of mankind so that I don't have to endure this? This is, this is almost more than I can handle. Three times he prayed, but he always concluded the same way. But God, not my will, because in that moment, Jesus' will was to do something different. In that moment, Jesus' will was to avoid the burden, the hardship, the pain. But, nevertheless, Lord, I'm going to put my will on hold, and I'm going to carry out your will no matter what it costs me. I'm going to carry out your will no matter what the pain, right? Because there is no other way but God's way. And, and nobody else could understand that. And, and the, things, the thing that you're going through today there may not be another soul that can really understand. You, you can't put it into words, you know, and they can't really understand what you're going through. And that, that brings a struggle and that brings a torment all of its own. Because it's one thing when you can say, hey, I'm going through this, and somebody else says, oh, I know exactly what that's like. That feels good. You know, you get, but sometimes our struggles, we just can't put them into words and we have to bear them alone. But we don't bear them alone. That's when the Holy Spirit comes to minister to us, to show us a little bit more of God than what we knew before. And Jesus endured through that struggle, and because he did, you and I are sitting here today with no fear of hell. If you're saved, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, then you still have the fear of hell ahead of you, the fear of 
you know, being, uh, uh, you're going to have to answer for your own sins. But there's no reason to do that because Jesus said, I did, I'll do that for you. So to this day, when, when we come to Jesus and we say, Lord, I believe in you. I believe in who you are. I believe you're the son of God. I believe that you died for me, for, for my sins on the cross. And I'm, I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sins. Make me that new creature. Understanding and knowing that, and he, he lifts that load of sin. You don't have to carry that load anymore, right? That's why Jesus endured this struggle, so that you and I could be saved. And I guarantee you that Jesus would say to you today, Jesus is not here in physical form to talk to you, but in a sense, he's speaking to you through me. But more importantly than that, he's speaking to us through his word. And Jesus today would say to you, it was worth it. I endured the struggle for you, and it was worth it. Even though you've denied me, right? Even though you've sinned, even though you've failed at times, Jesus would say to you, I'm glad I endured the struggle so that you could be saved. And he's going to be even more glad on the day that you stand before him and spend eternity with him. It was a struggle. And here's the thing, here's the comfort that we get from all of this. Is that when we as human beings get very discouraged because of the struggles that we're going through, and we think of God as being a holy God, and he is. He's a holy and he's a perfect God. But if that's all he was, if he was a God that couldn't possibly know how we feel, then we couldn't get much comfort from him, I don't think. But the Bible says that he's a good high priest. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and I. And the Bible says he's good at what he does because he has been tempted. He has been where we've been. Jesus has faced the struggles, and so he literally does know how it feels. Jesus knows what it's like to lose a loved one. I believe that. This is just Dennis's theology. I don't, the, the scripture doesn't say I'm just. I'm just speculating, but... Uh, I personally believe that Jesus lost his father. I believe that Joseph died at some point. I mean, and the reason why I say that because, uh, you know, Joseph, the last time we see Joseph in the scriptures when Jesus is 12 years old, we never hear about Joseph again. Jesus' dad, stepdad, if you will. God was Jesus' dad. But the, the, the man that raised him, Joseph, that Jesus loved and adored and learned from, 12 years old, that's the last time we read about Joseph in scripture. And when we see Jesus, on, we read about Jesus on the cross, he looks down at, at Mary, his mother, and he says to John, his disciple, John, this is your mother now. Mom, this is your son. In other words, what he's saying is, John, I want you to take care of mom. Okay, there's no Joseph there. Don't you think that if Joseph was still alive, he'd have been there at the cross with Mary? And, all, and there's, there's different things. The reason why I say all that is to say that in my mind, I think that even though Jesus had the ability to raise anybody from the dead. Very good possibility that at some point Joseph died. Jesus, knowing he could have raised him from the dead to keep his own dad for his own selfish reasons, went ahead and let his dad die. He had to experience the pain of losing a loved one so that when you lose a loved one, he can be comforting to you. Now, the only thing Jesus never face. He never failed. He never sinned. But he was sure tempted to. He was tempted in every possible human way. He couldn't sin. He had to be perfect lamb of God. But he understands the struggle. Amen? That's comforting to me. He understands the struggle.
And Jesus struggling throughout this entire encounter. And he's at any point could have pulled the plug on the whole plan. He surrendered to the will of God. They come, they take him away, they tie him to the whipping post, they beat him, everybody's spitting in his face, they're jerking his beard, they're hitting him in the head with, with a rod, they take a, they take a big uh, a vine of thorns and roll it up into a circle and make a crown out of it, and they, they cram it down on his head. Maybe you can say, that's a struggle. Knowing that at any moment he could have went, and they'd all just fall over dead. At any moment, Jesus, he created the universe. We've been, we've been studying in Hebrews Jesus is the creator of the universe. At any moment, this could have stopped it. I'm tired of this kind of struggle, these people. But he endured the struggle all the way to the cross. And even on the cross, there were several things that he said while he's hanging on the crosses. He had, Jesus had already told him, said, look, you're not taking my life. I'm laying it down. I'm giving. Ain't nobody can kill me. I'm God. I'm giving my life. But as he hangs on the cross, again, experiencing humanity, experiencing the struggle that you and I struggle with and face, Jesus said a few things. One thing he said, I'm thirsty. He wasn't a superhuman that didn't need water and food. He had to eat. He had to drink. I'm thirsty. He expressed that humanity to, to the world. He said, John, take care of my mama, right? He showed compassion towards her. He worried about his mom. One particular moment, though, that the pain and the anguish and the agony had gotten so bitter for Jesus on the cross. He lifts his eyes up to heaven and he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, this is Jesus, okay, who had been with the Father from eternity past, okay, Knowing that God is not a God that forsakes those he loves, right? Yet in the moment, when the pain and the struggle was the hardest, he has this feeling of being forsaken. He has this feeling of aloneness, surrounded by people, but he's alone, he feels like. God, why have you forsaken me? You see this struggle, and you go back into, I believe it's in Isaiah, and forgive me, I can't remember the, the chapter, but it speaks about this event that would take place as God, ultimately what it is, is alluding to is that as God would look down on his son and see him on the cross, the Bible says that it pleased God. Jesus is hanging on the cross saying, God, why are you forsaking me here? And it, but it, God's looking at it, and it pleased God. Not because... Not because Jesus was feeling forsaken and he was, oh, ha, ha, you're, well, look what you're going through. It pleased God because God knew what Jesus was accomplishing by enduring it. By taking the pain, he was purchasing our redemption. He was saving our soul. And what was being done, God was pleased with it because God knew that the pain is only temporary. Hallelujah. The pain is only going to last for a little while, but then comes the joy. Then comes the reward. But Jesus still felt that forsaking. It was important for Jesus to feel that. Because he knew that every human being and every Christian from now on was going to go through times and have struggles in their life where they literally all they could do was look to God. They couldn't make sense out of it. Couldn't get anybody else to understand it. All they could do is look to God and say, My God. Have you forgotten who I am? Right? 
Yoo-hoo! Can you see me? Been there? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And even while you're saying it, though, here's how loving and here's how patient God is. Even while you're saying it and the words are coming out of your mouth, in your heart, God sees that you know he's still there. Thank God he don't, and don't get me wrong now, the Bible says we give an account for every idle word we speak, so I'm not making light of our words, but thank God that God looks more to our heart than to our words. He's looking to our heart. What is this person really all about? And though they feel forsaken, they know I haven't forsaken them. I see their pain, and God says it breaks my heart to see it, but I know that that pain is just going to be for a little while. I'm going to struggle for a little while, but there's victory in, in the midst of our struggles because there's a, there's a constant awareness, a confidence that God is fighting for us. And it ultimately always brings us to the end result. And I'm not, I'm not going to turn there. You, I, I would encourage you. I know Revelation can be, can be uh, intimidating, but I would encourage you sometimes we read the 19th chapter at least. You may not understand all the particulars. I don't, I don't either. When it comes to end time stuff, I can't, think of, I can't understand it all. I, I get that. But when you read into the 19th chapter of Revelation, John said, I, I saw one riding on a horse whose name was Faithful and True. It was Jesus coming in the end. It, we, we, we see this picture. John gives us this picture of what the world scene will be like. You talk about a struggle. How many of you have ever heard the term Armageddon? I mean, we're talking about the struggle of all struggles. It's like Satan's last dying attempt to overrun God. He's tried from the beginning, always failed, and it's his last run, that last battle, that last struggle. He puts all his chips on the table, so to speak. And the Bible says that Jesus comes and as the beast and the false prophet and eventually Satan, he gathers them all and he casts them into the lake of fire. And after that's done, the enemy of our soul is once and for all. I know, I know it's hard to wrap a brain around. All we know is struggle. All we know is temporary. Folks, if anything at all in the word of God is true, this is true. That one day the struggle comes to an end. And this is what's remaining after Satan is in hell. This is what's left. This is Revelation 21. John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I heard a great voice. I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and look at here, they will be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. If you don't hear any other verse I read today, listen to this one. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. All of the struggles are over. Can I read that verse again? And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. 
Everybody in this room needs healing. Everybody in this room is facing struggle. But everybody in this room who knows Jesus will share in the victory and the peace in the end. You know, I think I said this, forgive me if I use this illustration. I'm having deja vu, I think I did, but if I didn't, I'm gonna say it again. If somebody handed you a gold brick wrapped in poison ivy, would you take it? Would you say, oh no, I don't, that's got poison ivy on it. I'm allergic to poison ivy. I don't want to have to itch. I don't want to have to suffer. So I don't want it. I bet we wouldn't do that. I wouldn't. I'm, de- I'm highly allergic to, le- to electricity. I'm allergic to electricity too, but I'm, I'm really allergic to poison ivy. Somebody hands me a gold brick covered in poison ivy. I'm going to take it. I'm going to pull the poison ivy off and I'm going to break out. I'm going to itch and I'm going to be miserable for a while, but that's all going to heal. All the pain that the poison ivy brings, all that struggle is going to eventually heal, be gone, and then I'm left with something of value, right? It's totally worth it, totally worth it. So God is handing us a a promise wrapped in struggle, right? He's handing us eternity in a wrapping paper of temporary struggle. I know sometimes it don't seem worth it, but... Based on what I just got done reading, I think it's worth it. Amen? Bow with me this morning, would you? I don't even know how long I've been up here. I hope I haven't been up here too long.